With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Nice article in the Managing Madrid uh, blog. They're wonderful lads that do a great job there. And worth reading about that man there. Karim Benzema needs to rest and the numbers reveal why. Times ended up almost looking like a 6-3-1. Some very good writing about that on the Managing Madrid website. Frustrate podcast as well. Of course, Pere Valverde was a huge part of the equation. Hello and welcome to the Managing Madrid podcast. It is Monday. It is El Dia Después and it is literally El Dia Después. A rare time where actually we are recording the day after and boy, Lucas, if... El Dia Después is about controversy and drama. Boy, do we pick a good time, a good day to do El Dia Después because there are so many talking points from last night that we can draw out. So first of all, I'd like to welcome you to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me as always. Of course. So where do you want to start? Saw it coming. We saw it coming. Uh, proof is there and for, for patrons, for listeners. I was concerned about uh, Real Madrid dropping points against mediocre teams. And I'm obviously very disappointed in performance. And I don't enjoy the way the whole conversation has shifted towards the referee's decisions. Uh, I know it's obviously... I know the two of the two of them were controversial, to say the least. <sighs> And obviously very debatable, and, and maybe it's fair even to say that Real Madrid got the the shortest end of the of the stick here when with with both decisions. But I think that it's quite uh, lame to be complaining this much about uh, referees' decisions on a match against uh, Girona, which is had on they had only scored one point away from home this season and, and this is their second so it's quite lame I mean you want to do it 
after a Champions League semifinals in with these very same calls against a quality team in a hard fought game, I'm I'm fine with that. But you have no business being zero uh, zero against zero nine in the seventieth minute. It's just so we saw it coming. We saw it coming, and uh, it's quite lame to me to be pointing to towards the referees' decisions as much as as Real Madrid's fan base and even the club is doing at the moment, in my opinion. I 1,000% agree. I think it's super lame. I've only seen Kule saying, oh, look at the hypocrisy. You guys get mad. We're, we talk about referees. No, I will not accept that. There's no double standard. I'm consistent with this. I don't like it when Real Madrid do it either. And, like, look, I, like people are saying, like, okay, well, we played like shit. Agreed. We all agree with that. There's no, like, there's no one really saying... You know, we played amazing. We deserve to win. And deserve to win, like, okay, maybe. But, you know, if you look at the XG, Jose and I were talking about this yesterday. The XG was slightly in Real Madrid's favor. Nothing dominant. And and was slightly inflated because Rodrigo's double chance in the 88th minute yeah. was point blank. And up until that point, I think their XG was actually higher than ours. So a lot of the a lot of the complaints I've seen are the same complaints that we complain about Barca fans doing, and I and against that's Tinter. why at least they they lost against Tinter, <clears throat> not against Girona. Yeah, and, and I was and I was consistent with this. Like when they came out and started, when Alemani came out uh, after the exit and complained about the referee, I thought that was dumb. Like they're talking about the wrong things. Same thing when Xavi complains. Same thing when Laporta came down in the VAR room in Clasico. I thought that was dumb. And if Florentino Perez does that, I think it's dumb too. This is not what we should be talking about. Now, I, I, I get that, like, okay, look, you know, we played like we didn't play well, but it's also true that the referee, it, maybe we could have won that game if the referee gets like the Asensio penalty right. I get that. And I also, but I also think like, where I, what, what I, this is how I see it. I think that the referees suck with all due respect. But they suck for everybody. The thing is, like, every like every Real Madrid and Barcelona fan thinks it's against them. And we just don't hear from, like, Cadiz fans, Mallorca fans, Getafe fans, like, Elche fans, who are getting screwed every week as well. I think the, the uh, an appropriate reaction would be, like, okay, can we just, like, all band together and fix this shit? Because the refs suck. The refs are getting stuff wrong. And by the way, last night's calls were actually a little bit debatable also. Like Rodrigo's Rodrigo's by the rules. I, I like what Michel said. Michel said, hey man, like for me, like f- from a football perspective, that's not a foul. But also by the rules, it's kind of a foul. So like I agree with Michel. It's just dumb. Like let the let the player try to go and score that if he can. You know what I mean? He had like a finger on it, it was like rolling away. He got a hand if you want to be really optimistic. But by the rules, it's a PK. I mean it's it's a disallowed goal, sorry. The Essential one obviously it's, it's probably a different story. It's Definitely open to interpretation. I think it's definitely a case that that could not have been called, and you can you can argue it either way. I I personally don't think it's a pen, but you know I'm not going to sit here and say like I understand like if that's not called a penalty. The butterfly effect of that is obviously massive because Real Madrid probably have the momentum to see the game out. Maybe not. Maybe Girona score anyway. I don't know. We will never know, I suppose. But it's obviously fair to think okay, well we could have we could have got the result if that didn't happen. Um. But coming out and putting it on your club's website, and Ancelotti talking about it after the game, that's that's one thing that I'm just like I just don't resonate with that. I don't like that side of things. Like I like to talk about the football. We can talk about referee incidents as a part of the game 
to analyze in those moments, but to come on and just, and look, maybe it's a PR thing. Maybe it's a distract us from the performance. It's possible to. I will say this, Lucas. I also think this, another aspect of this is super dumb. The fact that there is, um, what do they call it? An integrity committee in Spain? Yeah. Who are looking at banning Ancelotti for four games? I also think that's pretty dumb too. Like, this is like we don't need to shut down all these opinions and start taking, turning this in dictatorship and turning a blind eye. Like, why don't we just like actually let referees come out, put out a statement? This is the reasoning for this decision. And, like, actually let and be accountable. Like, we hold we hold couches, uh, coaches accountable for saying things that we don't like. We ban fans from posting highlights on Twitter. And like, just mm-hmm. like, get your shit together. Just come out and hold referees accountable. Why don't you put out grades for the referee? Did the referee do a good job today? Here's what the referee did wrong. Maybe the referee even, you know, has to come out and, and, and if they have like, if they make three of these mistakes in a row, maybe we have to hold them accountable. I think everyone's just kind of losing their minds here in my opinion. This is the way I see it. Or maybe I'm, maybe it's me losing my mind. I don't know. But I just think, I just never liked that. I never resonated with the complaints and the excuses. Look, yeah, people were counting the number of fouls committed by each team and called by each team last night. Mm, this is ridiculous against yeah. Girona. Come on. If you, again, I'm more than fine with you if you feel like your team has uh, been uh, it has been put in a disadvantaged position uh, against a quality team in the Champions League semifinals in an important scenario in a big game. If you if these same calls happen, I'm I'm fine with you complaining. But this is Girona visiting the Bernabeu, and you are counting the number of fouls called on each team on a home game against Girona. Come on, this is this is you should not Real Madrid should not be doing this, and Real Madrid fans should not be doing this. And and put it this way. For everyone thinking that that the referee made some huge obvious, blatant uh, mistakes last night, put it this way. If these two calls happen in El Clasico in favor of El Barcelona, what would you say? Like, imagine if the handball was on Ansu Fati and the referee doesn't call it and the foul was on whoever and the referee and, and Again, and it favors, and the call favors Barcelona. You probably would be saying that that's a penalty. If if it's Ansu Fati hitting uh, on a sensitive position, fans would be complaining. For sure, they would. Yeah, fans would be complaining. So you know, it's not that <laughs> obvious. You know, it's not that clear when you would be complaining had it been the other way around. And it and the same goes for imagine if. Fati scores the Rodrigo chance uh, and the referee doesn't call a foul. You would be complaining about that being a foul. So it's not that obvious. It's not that clear. Maybe it's a mistake. Um, granted, uh, I, I tend to think it's a mistake, but it's not that obvious of a robbery for you to make to, to be making this kind of a scene again in a home game against Girona. It's so lame. Just focus as a club, as a coaching, as a coaching staff, as a fan base, even just focus on making these games act against manageable opposition actually manageable the way it should be. Just get them over with. Just get a two nil, three nil lead 
and never look back and just cruise the rest of the game. We saw it coming. Real Madrid were taking these opponents so lightly all throughout the season. And at the Bernabeu, they seem to think that they're going to win because they are wearing Real Madrid shirt. This is not the way it goes. You need to work for it. Real Madrid didn't pull, didn't take Girona uh, uh, seriously and dropped two points that ultimately could, could be very costly by the by the end of the season. That analysis is correct to me. And I guess uh, there's a couple, two things, maybe three things that I, th- I thought of as you said that. Number one is that um, the, the proof of this being um, controversial and be- is part of it is that like there's no consensus of mm-hmm. what it is, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think we've largely reached a, reached a consensus on the Rodrigo decision. The Asensio one, I think there's like a 70% majority consensus of whether it was a penalty or not. But the fact that there's referees disagreeing with each other on this publicly, on public platforms in Spain, that's one thing like, okay, it wasn't as clear as you thought it was in the moment. You can make mistakes, whatever. That's one thing. Then you start seeing this. That Number two is like you start seeing this back and forth argument between sets of fans, Barcelona fans, posting videos of like, hey, look at all these things that we that referees got wrong against us when those Chelsea those Chelsea games, the Arsenal <laughs> games. Um, I don't know, you know, there's there's a long list of all these, right? And then the Chelsea fans and the Inter fans and all these fans come out and be like, actually these are the ones you also got in favor against us. Then you see Real Madrid fans putting in compilations of all the robberies. Then you see Barcelona fans respond, actually look at all these robberies. Isn't that literally proof that there's no conspiracy and that refs suck for everybody? That's literally <laughs> proof right there. That's proof. Number three is every single fan base in any sport thinks the refs are against them. I'm like, you must see this with the Nuggets too. Because when Raptors were playing the Sixers <laughs> last year in the playoffs, every single thing was like every time somebody would, you know, blow on Embiid's hair, it was a foul. We'd send a lot. The Raptors fans were going nuts. And then the Sixers fans thought that the refs were against them because there were a bunch of things that they weren't getting called. They weren't getting calls for. And it's like, this is just, it's a universal thing. Everyone thinks there's a conspiracy against them. And that's part of the reason why I don't talk about it. I'm, I'm happy actually to talk about decisions that are wrong, but let's keep it at that. And, 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 and if we're going to talk about it, let's just band together and say, how can we actually hold referees accountable? Because, what I see in La Liga, what I see in the Premier League, even in Serie A, what I see, and I don't really watch much outside of those three, to be honest. But what, what I see in all those three leagues, that there's just it's just massive errors constantly. VAR is a good thing. It's a good thing, but hey, it's still humans running it, and that's what yeah. makes it completely fallible. You know? Yeah. Just focus. If you wanna, if you if we wanna talk about errors and and wrong decisions. Let's just stick to what Real Madrid did wrong. Let's just stick to Rodrigo missing that chance in the first place. I mean, there's no there's no foul if Rodrigo makes that point blank chance in the first place. I'm not saying it was that easy. Obviously, he got he had to reach for it and all that, but we can also say that it's a a fairly good scoring chance. Let's all talk about how, in my opinion, Ancelotti made a wrong decision by taking Camavinga out of the game and to, to play Asensio. Yeah. You know, focus on the things you did wrong. Let's uh, just move on and, and, and focus on why you shouldn't be complaining about referees in the first place because you should have been 2-0 by the time Vinicius scored uh, Madrid's first goal. You should 
be 2-0 by the 60th minute or so. It shouldn't be a game by by then, by that minute. Just for, If we want to talk about wrong decisions just uh, and errors and mistakes, let's just focus on what Real Madrid did wrong, in my opinion. And, and obviously, they did plenty of wrong in that game. Real Madrid are in, not in very good form. Their last two games were quite terrible, in my opinion. Kind of escaped... A very similar situation against Sevilla because the game was 1-1 by the, I don't know, 75th minute or so. So form for Real Madrid is not great at the moment. I don't see fire or intensity or, 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 or composure from the team against uh, what should be a smaller or, or, or mediocre teams. And uh, I think, again, if they don't... If they don't Take these uh, these games more seriously. They will they will end up dropping points. You know, this weekend was a was a disaster for Real Madrid in the sense that you know Barcelona got a very valuable away win against Valencia very late in the game when they actually struggled and ultimately Real Madrid. I mean you cannot you cannot drop two points against Barcelona in this weekend and. They didn't. This is this is definitely something that could definitely harm Madrid in the in the long run. Yeah, look, there's still time. There's still going to be, you know, there's going to be more blips, Extre- more wins. Strength of a schedule has been in favor of Madrid so far this season, and this is this will be a concern later on. I think Barcelona have have had a tougher schedule than Real Madrid so far. Well, we we went away to the Metropolitano. Sure. We, they had Sanchez Pijuan away. No matter how bad Sevilla is, I suppose that's still it's. I think it's a tougher game on the schedule now, actually, because I think I think Sevilla will get better. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Look, I even like you mentioned that it should have been two 0 by a certain point. It could it could actually also have been two two because yeah, yeah, yeah. G- Girona had three like. The Valentin Castellanos miss in the second minute was yeah. massive, a big miss. Yankel Herrera, when he hits the post after Real Madrid yeah. just melts in transition defensively. Then even after the penalty, Rodrigo Riquelme has a great chance in the box too in the 80th minute. Um, and we weren't, like, let's be honest, like the Rodrigo chance that hits the post in the first half, the mortar shot that goes wide, those weren't great chances. They were shots in the box, but they weren't like these massive clear-cut chances. The other thing I've seen is that a lot of people are like, well, we should have won because Asensio's shot was saved miraculously by um, Gazaniga. Remember the one that was point blank, right? Yeah. <clears throat> this is like, that's exactly what we hated when fans would say about us that we were lucky in the champions. Like, oh, Courtois saved your ass, you know, Mendy goal line clearance. So you didn't deserve to win. Like, and we, we, we were furious at those comments. Like, no, because no. we had the best goalkeeper. Like, you know, we had heroic defending. That doesn't mean we didn't deserve to win. That's so just, again, I, I, that's why I don't like making those same. I don't want to have double standards with that and say, oh, well, we deserve mm-hmm. to win because Gazaniga made a great save, you know? So I, I I think that that's also one I want to point that out. Look, Girona played a hell of a game yesterday, yeah. and and this is yeah. one thing I agree with you about the substitution. I don't necessarily hate Asensio coming in in that situation, but I do think Kamavinga was having a good game. Absolutely, and Cruz by his immaculate standards wasn't playing at that Cruz level. And had a yellow card. And had a yellow card. To be fair, I never expected him to get a second yellow because it's Cruz, but he got it for the first time in his career. He got a red card. Um. 
but yeah, I think Kamavinga was pretty active in breaking lines. He was yeah. working hard. I, I liked his performance yesterday. I liked him, yeah. Um, and Girona is a team that, to be quite honest with you, I think they're better than their position. Um, they've been a little bit unlucky this season. Some of these games they've lost have been very narrow. They have good players. They have talented players who can make a difference. But that may neither be here nor there. The bottom line is that these are games on the schedule you have to win. And 100%. these are the these are the games in the schedule that Real Madrid often drop points in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now they will have to t- to possibly <clears throat> at least be uh, Barcelona at the Camp Nou if if these mistakes uh, keep happening. I, I don't see Barcelona dropping these kinds of games. I'm sorry, I don't. <clears throat> Not I don't, these I, ones, they, no. No, they, they are they, worse team. That, yeah, they might they might drop points against Atletico. At the Wanda and Madrid didn't. Okay, that's uh, that's fair. Madrid show up against quality opposition, but Barcelona get business done against the smaller teams. Way better than Madrid. Way better this... than uh, with this version of Lewandowski, obviously, and with the past version of Luis Suarez. We've seen we've seen this in the past for the f- last five six seasons. Obviously, not last season, uh, not the the pandemic year either. But when Suarez, when when Barcelona had a striker in their prime, they always showed up in, in against the smaller oppositions, and Madrid did it. Madrid used to take these games very lightly in La Liga, and 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 it cost them, and and it will cost them in the future if they don't if they keep not showing up and taking these games very lightly. I, I just, Barcelona would have never dropped points against uh, Girona at home, I don't think. The only, obviously, the only sample size we have here is the, on the very first week of the season, Rayo. I think it was Rayo at home. Yeah. Fine, it's fair, it's fair. But they've, they've won every single game, Liga game so far, obviously with the exception of El Clasico after that one. So, Real Madrid will have to 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 do a better job against the smaller teams. This is irrefutable. I like I will never place any money on Barcelona winning a big game because there's always that chance where they just they can't defend. They don't know what's going on. It's like a different level of playing field for them. But I will never bet against them in these games. Like never. in like and it's proven. Like look at this season too. I mean, like you said, look the record speaks for itself. The goals conceded speaks for itself. They they've only conceded one goal, I think, in the in La Liga, apart from the Clasico game, three goals in that game. But everything else they've conceded one goal. So they'll concede, I think, like you know, twelve goals combined in five games against Bayern, Inter, Real Madrid. But against these other teams, not even Villarreal, who are on paper a decently decent fit for them. Those guys the just could. Bilbao too. Bilbao, I mean, may like that's the thing. I will say there is more room for them to drop points away at San Mames than it is at the Camp Nou. Same sure. thing with Ceramica. You could, I could see it. But at the Camp Nou, they just they typically get it done. And so you you have to – I agree with you. I, I, think, I think you may have received some pushback about this being a 95-point league. <laughs> it's quite clear now, I think. I mean – It's just like there's not – yeah, they'll drop points at some point. No team is going to go through it perfectly and will drop points too. But it's clear, like, the margin of error is small this season. It's very clear to me. Yeah, so, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I've ever agreed with you this much on the podcast before. <laughs> yeah, it seems, to, it seems to me like we were both agreeing on each other's points, yeah. 
the Thursday mailbag will change it, I think. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, like I told you off air, I'm happy to, to have a shorter podcast because my kids want to go trick-or-treating tonight. But yes, uh, I also have a few more minutes. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? or? Not really. Just looking forward to Madrid, hopefully demolishing not nothing against Celtic. I thought that I think they are a very respectful team and kind of uh, I kind of have some kind of sympathy for them because of their history and all that. But just want just want to see Real Madrid demolishing a team in a manageable game. Just want to see that. I just want to see the team bouncing back from these last two games and just have an easy, comfortable game against Celtic. An encouraging one. It's hopefully a big margin, a big score for Madrid. It's not that I want the game to be 5 nil or something like that, but I don't want the game to be uh, still alive by the 60th or 70th minute. I just I just want to see Real Madrid taking care of business in, uh, in a good way against Celtic. And they need it too, by the way. Let me ask you this. Where are you on the idea that Real Madrid's players are starting to take it easy before the World Cup? Do you uh, do you believe that? Yeah, yeah, but but not Real Madrid's players. Everyone. Yeah. Every every single player around the world, I think we saw. Who left the field the other day for Barcelona with uh, some? Ah, uh, Eric Garcia. I thought. I think some players, as soon as they are feeling some discomfort, some pain, they they have on the back on on their minds that the World Cup is there, and we're seeing that from from players who are potentially going to be in the in the squad list for the for their countries in the world cup i think i think it's fair and i think it's reasonable and i think it's not exclusive to to real madrid i think we're seeing it pretty much around the world it's it's logic and it's normal as much as as that success and i'm i'm not a fan obviously but i think it happens and i think everyone's human there and i I think uh, most uh, f- most players around the, around European football are taking these games a little bit cautiously uh, from that perspective. Yeah, I forget which team in the Premier League or which player this was also an issue on with with regards to World Cup and taking it easy and stuff. But there was this is I do know that this is something that many fans are are observing and and discussing about. Like, okay, it looks like it's possible that these players really have the world cup in the back of their mind now. And, and they, they don't want to risk getting injured and stuff. And I yeah. like, I think that's, I'm not going to excuse it either way, but I'm, I'm not saying that I wouldn't be in that position if I was a player too, thinking about like, Oh, making history for my country in a couple of weeks. We saw Varan um, yeah. leaving in tears in that game against, and I don't really know what his uh, situation is now, but there are also a lot of, Pretty good players missing the World Cup as well. Mm-hmm. So, I, looks I, like I, in the game against uh, between Barcelona and, and Valencia, we saw uh, Eric Garcia and we saw Cavani too <clears throat> taking yeah. an early substitution because some kind of discomfort there. Now it turns out that neither of them have has a big injury, so it's it's common and it's happening around the world. It's not exclusive to Real Madrid players, so people should start should stop. Um, complaining as much as they are, I think about, uh, especially about a player like like Benzema, who is getting 
a lot of heat in my opinion on, on social media about about that when he's 35 34 years old and, and he knows that it's going to be a long season for Real Madrid too so it's also on Real Madrid's interest to keep him fresh and ready for the last third of the season I think but anyway we know that you know Benzema probably still has some critics around Real Madrid's fan base those critics were probably waiting on something like this to happen after how brilliant he's been for the last two or three seasons. So, and it seems to be happening now. But if you if you take a look at European football, and a sample size with again, I just mentioned two examples in in the game between Valencia and, and Barcelona with two key undisputed starters for the clubs like Cavani and Eric Garcia taking an early substitution because some kind of discomfort, and it turns out that neither of them was injured either. So. Being a critic of one of the greatest players in club history is such a weird concept to me. Like, <laughs> yeah, people didn't say anything with with uh, when Ronaldo went to the Euro Cup with Portugal after a big knee discomfort. Uh, you know, in 2014, I think it was. Uh, he ended the season with Real Madrid playing uh, in La Decima while he was hurt. Obviously, nothing against that because he, he showed up for Real Madrid and he played those games. Mm. But the, the the smartest decision for, from him would have would have been uh, I'm taking the the Euro Cup out. Uh, yeah, there's no chance. Uh, that's there's no chance. Sorry, uh, because there's no chance that's happening. And the same goes for for Benzema, Eric Garcia, and Cavani. They're not if they feel some kind of discomfort one month away from the from the World Cup. Which is definitely bigger than the Euro Cup. There's no way they're risking their, a big injury against what should be manageable opposition like Girona and the likes of that. So it's happening. The the newest development is that Pogba is probably going to miss the World Cup. I think it's like 95 percent he's done. He's he's not going to mm-hmm. he's not going to play. And I wonder what that means for Kamavinga now. He the champs wasn't very very excited about Kamavinga the last uh, FIFA break. It doesn't seem. You know, there were some controversial head scratching quotes from the champs, in my opinion, about that's true. But I mean, if, when... if Pogba drops out, that's definitely one one space. That... Sure, sure, absolutely, absolutely, should be there, <laughs> and and definitely a a, a chance for Tuamini to be an undisputed starter for France. I think he was already, but now even more more crucial for France to Kamavinga. I don't think he'll start. He should be on the list, I think, even though his start to the season hasn't been ideal. I think he has somewhat. Uh, picked it up in, in in recent games. I thought he was good, very good against uh, against Girona the other day. But uh, I don't know the the quotes from the champs were a bit uh, again head scratching, if you will, considering uh, how young Kamavinga is and how uh, big of prospect he is for both for France and for Real Madrid, obviously. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. We'll see if he gets called up or not. I mean, I I think if he I think if he gets called up, he's probably going to be a fringe, a fringe player in some ways yeah. with regards to the playing time. I don't know how prominent will he'll be, uh, but we'll see how that goes. Um, all right. Well, <clears throat> look, we the World Cup is almost here. We got, I think, two. We got well, we got three games. We got Celtic tomorrow, uh, and then Rio, and then Cadiz, right? And Cadiz, yeah. <clears throat> so tomorrow over on patreon.com slash managing we're doing a post no sorry no we're not we don't play Celtic Wednesday, yeah. Celtic Wednesday yeah. yeah so on Wednesday night uh, we're doing a zoom podcast after the game about half an hour one hour after the game if you want the link to join us on zoom and access the podcast go over to patreon.com slash managing Madrid 
And we're also doing the Thursday mailbag there as well on patreon.com slash managing major Lucas and I go through and answer Real questions from fans. And that's always a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, that's as far as we'll go. So Lucas, this was fun. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. No problem, Kian. Have fun trick or treating. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. All right. We'll talk soon. Take care. Peace. You too. Bye. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. We wanted to give a quick shout-out to our patrons over on patreon.com slash managing before we wrap up the podcast and send you along on your way. So thank you to everyone who's part of the Patreon family. You get a ton of bonus content in return, a lot of value. You join the Real Madrid family. It's great to have you in there, so thank you. We also wanted to give a shout-out to our $10-plus patrons who not only get guaranteed responses to their questions but also get a shout out on the podcast so shout out to brandon alvarez willie reed will susa way pairing wamik jamal tobias royal botcher Tarek goktas talib salhab tahmid kalam sushank damala sujaiwani suman Singh, sheikh atiri shamil shabal sharapov sergio arispe santos solorsano samuli justin samar z said mahad sai mohan sasi kumar Rodrigo Balmaceda, Rishi D, Phoenix, Peter Powell, Paulo Fierro, Patrick Diafari, Oscar Barrera, Nico Laxo, Nicholas Moller, Nick Ribeiro, Mowgli, MJ Diego, Michael Zinberg, Marin Myrtle, Matthew Atkins, Martin Ridman, Magnus Lext, Logan Stahl, Leon Savernakis, Kunal Tilakar, Crystal Glass, Kevin Rivera, Jose Cruz, John Fernandez, Jeff Thurston, Jason Fitz, Ian Marley, Graham Gerard, Gary Cohut, Frederick Antakiro, Frederick Sundros, Faisal Hamdan, S.A. Davisito, Eloy Enriquez, Edward Sossman, Daniel Williams, Con P, Christian Toft, Christian Acosta, Charles Williams, Brendan Powers, Ashik Bashar, Arnab Mukherjee, Armand Gashi, Armando L, Antons Rudenko, Anirud Singh, Ananya Kumar, Alex Thyberg, Al, Azaz Hussein, Adrian Rios, Adar Zalukovic, Adam Dorsey, Bella Chow, Varun Ramtin Magrur, Fabian Moreno, and Daniel Smith. Love you guys so much. Thank you for the support. Thank you for being on this journey with us. And hala marid. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.